The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family and his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers, other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. Taz, I want to ask you a question real quick. Let's just keep a real straight shot with no chaser. I'm going to get a little bit rough. I'm here for it. Those who really believe in the American process, all of us. Straight shot, no chaser. With your girl, Tesla Figaro, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. What is good, straight shooters? This is another episode of Straight Shot No Chaser with Tesla Figaro. Man, I'm so excited about this show. I say that a lot, but I'm really excited about this show because those of you that follow me on IG, you know I always try to put in a sneak tip on sex every now and then. I try to make it political, uh, but it is so good to be able to have a conversation in the open, in the public, and to get deeper on the conversation of sex. Those of you who may be saying, why is she talking about sex? Well, as I just mentioned, I have... Always mix that in in my politics. In fact, you can go check out my short story book on Amazon, which is called Kitty's Litter, Politics, Passion and Power. And it talks about sex. It talks about politics and it talks about power because all three of those things go together. And if you know any politician, they are always talking about sex. They may not talk about it publicly, but they definitely talk about it behind the scenes. And there's always politics involved in everything. And what I mean, politics involved in everything, I don't necessarily mean from a government standpoint, but yes, there are conversations around sex. When we talk about government, when we talk about contraceptive, when we talk about abortion, when we talk about LGBT rights and seeing folks as sexual opposed to gender and all of that, there are conversations we can have around sex. But right now I'm even just talking about just in the bedroom, you know, just having relationships. Politics is all about a relationship, all about compromise, all about negotiation, always about you know, what I bring to the table, what you bring to the table, that gift and that exchange and how we uh, honor one another, reward one another, our gift each other. And that, to me, has a lot to do with sex. But I'm going to see if I'm right, because in the building we have Dr. Donna Oriowo, who is joining me. She is a sex therapist, an international speaker, clinically licensed social worker and sex and relationship educator. Not just she's not like me just talking on Instagram. I am an educator, but I'm not a sex and relationship educator. I just make it up as I go. But she is really a sex and relationship educator and therapist located in the the Washington, D.C. metro area. And I'm so happy to have her here to talk about a little bit of sex. Welcome. Can I call you Doc, Donna, or Dr. Oriola? What's, what's the best way that we can Address you. Boss, Donna, whatever works for you, I answer. Okay, great. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Me too. I'm excited to be here too. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. When I read your uh, bio, it kind of had a, you know, and I, I talked to Marcy about it yesterday because I said it's a couple of different things going on. You know, you talk about colorism, you talk about hair, you talk about sexuality, which is different because when I see sex therapists, 
first thing I wanted to do was just come straight in and talk about, you know, why size matters and let's talk about size and, you know, all the stuff that's important to me. <laughs> but but reading and it probably I probably needs some therapy. I'm using this interview low key as therapy. But uh, but when I read your bio, because I said, let me actually probably talk to her about what you came to the show to talk about. So let me give you uh, the floor for a second to explain, because I was a little bit confused on how those things I know I'm sure is connected to self-esteem and confidence and feeling good about yourself, which ultimately, you know, comes out of your sexuality. But explain to me what you see your calling or your mission is, because it clearly is beyond just talking about size and the importance of size, even though size does matter. I just want to put that out there. But go ahead and tell us, you know, what what is your calling? Um, my calling is Black women, always. Um, it is, what can I do to make Black women's lives easier? And not just easier, but more pleasure-filled. Um, and for me, that is, uh, that's a two-pronged problem. On the one end, I talk directly to Black women in doing therapy, um, whether it's with them and a friend, them and their partner, or just them by themselves. So we're doing the therapy part. We're doing the direct education part. We're doing that piece all the time. But I'm like, you know what? You still go out here in this world, as racist as it is, and have to find a way to live your authentic life that brings you pleasure and happiness and peace in a space that doesn't want to allow you to ha access happiness and peace. So on the other end, I'm also educating usually white organizations who serve Black folk on how they can be a little less racist, on how they can actually welcome Black people, Black women in particular, into their space because of that intersection of being Black and being woman and how neither of those are necessarily exalted positions to be in. and then. When you start adding in the other pieces that they just choose to not like about you, like the darkness of your skin, the kinkiness of your hair, and you're just adding one layer on top of the other, I'm just like, all right, yeah, we, we got work to do. I'm like, I don't want to see Black women tearing other Black folk down or tearing each other down. And I certainly um, am not inviting any white folk or other people of color to do the same. So for me, it's how do I do this work? And part of the way that I do this work is through a not right. I am. I'm doing the therapy on the one end. I'm doing the teaching on the other. So for me, none of these things are ever separate because um, people do ask like, oh, mental health and sexual health and racial justice. And where do all of these things come together? They come together in you, the individual, the person, because you, you go out there, you try to rock with who you are. But if the world is telling you that you ain't like, I cuss a lot. So I'm trying to keep it. No, this is straight up. <laughs> no, Chase, please, by all means. Oh. Well, yeah. well, you know, people be out here talking shit mm -hmm. all the time, trying to bring you down, trying to make you feel like shit. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, well, none of that stuff is good for your mental health. None of it is good for your sexual health. Because oftentimes what we end up having is a disconnect between our minds and our bodies, between who we believe we are and what other people say we are. And sometimes we just act according to what other people already got to say about us so that we can keep ourselves safe. So that we can, because other people have proven themselves to not be safe for us. So when I say that it, all of it matters to your mental health, I'm looking like, yeah, it takes up a lot of mental energy and space. Um, and I know that a lot of us, we, you know, we pride ourselves on being able to do that code switching real quick from the corporate hello on the phone to being able to talk real with your girls. But the problem is over time that causes, that can also cause anxiety and depression and low self-esteem. And when those things decide that they want to come together into your dating life, it also means that you're more likely to accept bullshit that you should not. In relationships that you are in, you're less likely to have the sex that you're wanting to have because you're not even in a relationship that you want to be in. So your relationships look like trash. Your sex life looks like trash. You're not drinking enough water. Your head don't grow. Your body itch. And none of it is working for you. So in the end of the day, how do I help you have a pleasure-filled life? I'm looking like, well, the first one is drink some water, mind your business, and stop adhering to white supremacy. So I'm looking like, so let's start there. And then your sex life will flourish and blossom because white folk will tell you all that, like, like when you look at like the history around sex and sexuality, especially as it relates to women, uh, the women and people of color in particular, it's all about how women are supposed to be chaste, 
and they're not actually supposed to desire sex. They're just supposed to be available for particularly male partners to do with their bodies as they please, that you endure sex, you don't enjoy sex. And then on top of that, if you're Black, then it's, oh, well, you are um, over sex. You're promiscuous and you have an uncontrollable sex drive and a need for sex that lets you be open to being raped because the person who's raping you is now doing you a favor. So I'm just like, well, now you got all of this stuff. None of it went away. So it just continues on and how people relate to Black women, especially around their sex and their sexuality, this idea that you don't even own your body and that you are already masculinized in their eyes because of the, the extra hard desire for sex that allows people to be able to touch your body, to rape you with impunity. Yeah. And, and so what I've noticed, you, that was a good word, especially when we talk about corporate women. So there's a couple of different things, you know, corporate women. And then, you know, I talk with the people that are in the struggle, quote unquote, the revolutionaries and, and our struggle with, you know, balancing what you desire and being OK to have that conversation in a public space. Because I have this conversation, you know, with every now and then I'll put something up on Instagram and even my producer said, Tez, you really should talk about this more. People love it. They love they respond. They engage. They, you know, but there's always still this one, which I don't give a damn. I'm straight shot, no chaser, by the way. But there's always this one. I can't believe you're talking like, or, you know, or wow, you're going there. I thought you were talking about something else. Because people are just not comfortable, I guess, with women in the corporate space or certainly not, quote unquote, activists or revolutionaries, you know, being comfortable, you know, having conversations around sex and being clear about what it is they want and what it is that they desire and what it is, you know, that they're looking for in a sexual relationship. And I put a post up yesterday just because I wanted to use it for the sake of this conversation. And the post said, you know, I'm interviewing a sex therapist tomorrow and, you know, size matters. And I always can tell, you know, and I said, if you say, if you respond to this any type of way, if you say that I'm size shame and you tell me everything that I need to know, but it's always really interesting you know, the the feedback that I get, you'll have a, a group of women that say, you know, no, size is not important to me. I, you know, I like various types. I'm more into oral sex or I'm more into, you know, something different. Then you'll have some women say, no, this is what I like. And then you'll have a lot of men I always notice, even when the post is directly related to women and I'm asking women what they think, men will start to interject in what they should think. You know, one guy said, oh, well, size doesn't matter when the rent is due, which sends what message? that I have to tolerate misery or like you said a minute ago, not being pleasured just because I have to pay, you know, you have to pay the rent or another guy will say, well, it must be something wrong with you. It must be, you know, your body, your walls or different things, you know, to put it on women or it shouldn't be about size. What about how he takes care of you or what, what about what type of man he is? And it's always something, which is all true. If you're talking about what type of man, you know, character, I want a man that treats his mother, right? I want this. But to me, you can tell me if I'm wrong. When I'm talking about the relationship of a man, you know, what I'm looking for in a man, how he treats his mom, you know, what type of job he has, his education, his status, that I view when I'm talking about sexually, when I'm having this one sexual topic as what I desire or what I like sexually. Do you find people, uh, is it, I guess there's no right or wrong, but I'm trying to figure out what, what is that? I guess, do I compartment, am I good at compartmentalizing things or is it okay to know that I, this is what I want in a sexual relationship and that doesn't take away from what I want in an intimate, you know, relationship, a, 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 a confidant or a boyfriend or a husband, but is it okay for a woman to say, this is what pleasures me and I shouldn't be shamed into liking what you think I should like or how I should like it or because of my income status or because of who I am or because I'm a public person. This is what I like. And there's really no right or wrong. It's just a woman that knows her body. One of the girls said, well, you can Google and see that most women, you know, get orgasms through oral sex. I don't have to Google to add what, imagine me asking Alexa, Hey Alexa, what do I like? Alexa probably gonna respond back and say, girl, you don't know. You don't know what you like. I don't need Google to tell me what I like. So tell me doc, Am I just, you know, is something wrong with me for knowing at this age, at 40, what I like in a sexual relationship? 
And what do you think that says when you have so many different comments? Like, break it down to us on how we're playing in white supremacy with that or emotional or mental. Like, what does that mean that so many people rush to that response? And then you got the little brother that's standing up for the teeny weeny union that's constantly talking about it must be y'all and it must be this. No, it's you, brother. You know, so so what what is what is that? And do I have a problem? Do I like size shaming? You know, is there something about do I enjoy calling out teeny weenies? Do I need therapy, Doc? Is something wrong with me? Is there something that happened in my past that enjoys, you know, <laughs> highlighting the well-endowed versus the little peeny weenies? Or, or what is it? Maybe, maybe something wrong with me. You Help me, Doc. Honestly, it's like, <laughs> I gave there's you so much in what you just said. <laughs> like, so, so much. So, ooh, where do I start? I'm going to start a lot to unpack. Just like, you know, <laughs> women who know what they want. Okay. Right? And... Usually women in the corporate space, women who know what they want sexually, people don't like those women because they, they reek of power. The power, of, the power that self-knowledge gives you means that other people simply do not have access to you and they, they demand to have that access. So if you're a corporate woman, now you make a certain dollar amount and you're saying that you don't want somebody who doesn't make an equal dollar amount. Now you're a bitch. Right. If you say that, well, I like this in sex. Now you're a bitch because these people who no no longer have access to you are upset because they have been taught that women are here for their titillation and their entertainment, for their enjoyment, and that they should have access to any woman they should desire. And that a black woman in particular had better never come correct with what it is that she wants because how dare she? She's the bottom of the barrel. Mm. Nobody wants her, so she should accept what she is given. Ooh, you going so anti-Kevin Samuels on this week. Okay, go ahead. Ooh. Well. Well. So, like, we're, that, that, that's that, that. This idea of power and ownership always tends to come right back mm. because men, sometimes people just want access to something that they can't have. Like, everybody out here, like, I don't know how many songs out here have Holly Berry's name in it. Like, I'm trying to do this with Holly Berry. I'm trying to be with Holly Berry. I'm looking like, meanwhile, Holly Berry gets to make a decision. Mm -hmm. So you can try to be with whatever you like. But if Holly Berry says no, then the answer is what? No. So there's that piece. There's the power and male privilege thinking that they should have access to anybody that they desire, right? But then there's also the coddling of male egos. Mm. Black people have been taught to care for white feelings. That is what we've been taught to do. We've been taught to coddle them, to soothe them, to make them feel better, usually as a way to maintain our own bodily safety in their presence. Women have been taught the same in the presence of males. Mm. We've also been taught the ultimate pick me words, which is it doesn't matter to me about this, this and this, which basically is saying, look at me, highlight me, pick me, choose me. Love me. I won't hold you to a standard. I make no demands of you. I will cook, clean, and suck your dick and make you feel happy. Ooh! I will do everything. I will cater to you. Because, baby, this is your day. Mm. I will do everything for you. And I require nothing in return. Mm. I simply require you to be my partner and to claim me on occasion and hopefully on social media. Ooh! This Girl, is wait a minute. Like, can you back up? Can you can you the, repeat that one more time? Has been <laughs> set so low <laughs> that people are being crushed under the weight. Yeah. Women are taught not to have expectation and men are taught not to meet them. Mm. When we're talking specifically about heterosexual relationships and the power dynamics that that ensue. So I'm just like, I see answers like, oh, but I don't require that. Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter as modeling male egos and their, their, their little feelings. And then for, on the other end, you have the men that want to make sure that, they, that they put the blame back on you because number one, hit dogs holler. They they're saying that they don't meet your requirement right. and that they are upset that they do not have the access to you that they need, which means that now they must hurt your feelings. They must bring you down and tear you down to put you in your place. Mm. That is the goal that they have in saying the things that they say in the way that they say it. They are trying to remind you that you are already seen as undesirable. And as a result, you should have no desires other than someone pick you, choose you, love you. Mm, mm, mm. On the other end, size does not actually matter. 
<laughs> it matters to me, Doc. I'm sorry. I'm standing on that. That's, hey, that's no, no, no. Like, it matters to you. And, that's, and I think that knowing what it is that you like yeah. and what feels good for you, I think that's important. I think that where it comes um, sort of to head is that it all falls under body shaming because a man cannot control the size of his dick oh. any more than a woman oh. can really control the size of any other oh, pieces no of her doubt. body. That's... So we do a lot of body shaming. Oh, yeah. Of, no, no, oh, no. I only date tall men. I only oh, yeah, no, no. Short men. I only do But I'm not shaming. That's just what I like. Like, I don't feel like it's shaming. Yeah. I just, I'm just not going to do it. And, you know, maybe I need to go Word. through therapy. And on top of that, these dudes, I'm just like, in the end of the day, for me, I'm just like, well, you could also, if somebody has a requirement for a larger penis than what you've got, why should your feelings be hurt? Go buy a toy and be like, I, I stroke game on a thousand. Let me get, let me strap this toy on and show you some things. Well, let's unpack because that, you could, But a lot of men are also <laughs> very scared of using toys because yeah. for them, it's emasculating yeah. that a woman should receive additional pleasure from something that is not them. So they see it as a loss of power and that they cannot bring you pleasure. And I'm just like, if you use the toy on your partner, if you use the toy on your partner, you are now bringing them pleasure. Right. If your penis size is not up to the job of what has been requested, there are dual toys that allow you to get your pleasure by putting inserting your penis uh, in an object that then expands the pleasure for your partner. And if you are unwilling to do that, I'm, I'm, what I'm hearing is you should not be having sex with the person you're having sex with. That's what I'm hearing. I'm also hearing that you're more interested in your own pleasure and your own ego than your partner's pleasure. Mm -hmm. And all of these things to me say in equal relationships oh, yeah, no that make no sense. And I say, leave. I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I do want to kind of backtrack a little bit on that because I think every woman ain't looking for a relationship. That's number one. Everyone's not looking for a relationship. Everybody, every woman, there's some women that have been married. Like myself, I've been married. I have a kid. I have other things going on. There are a lot of women like me that they're not interested in a husband. They're not interested in a relationship. They may just simply be looking for sex. Now, somebody could say that's right or wrong. It just may be a friend with benefits. And if she has certain requirements, you know, I, under, I hear what you're saying when you're saying, oh, he can't control. He's small. Okay, that's great. He's not my ideal type. I mean, you can call it shaming. You can call it whatever. I don't I don't have a problem. I hear what you're saying, but I don't. And, and I, I agree with what you're saying, but I don't have a problem if men like taller women or shorter women or fatter women or slimmer women or whatever. People have their preference what they're attracted to. Is, is a lot of that probably falling under white supremacy? Probably so. But I'm attracted to what I'm attracted to. I mean, that's it. And when it comes to sexual pleasure for me, because I'm not looking for a husband, and I may not be looking for that type of relationship that you're talking about. I don't feel at my time in life or where I am. And I'm just using me as an example. Some things I don't necessarily have to compromise on. And I feel if a woman is not. So, for example, if you're looking for a husband and you want a husband, it shouldn't start off in the bedroom. That shouldn't be the most important thing. How do we treat his mama? How do you treat his kids? Do we want kids? you know all of those things you're talking about? But what about women that's not looking for that? What if it really is? I just want you to break me off and I know what I like. And I don't want a toy. I just want somebody that's well endowed. What about that? Then you ask for that. <laughs> As you, <laughs> I mean, honestly, that, 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 that's, for me, that's the long and short of it. I'm like, in any relationship, you have to decide what you value. You have to know what you value and ask for the things that you value. Um, you have to make sure that you have boundaries that are based off the values that you have. So if the most important thing for you in a relationship, in any relationship, is sex and the sex is whack, then that's not your husband. What about you not looking for a that's husband? That's not your wife. That's not your partner. Yeah, that's nobody not, I want to hook up with. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, yeah, it, it's not. It's nothing and nobody to you. It's just like, hey, like no, it's not about hurting your feelings. It's just that you don't meet what I need at this time. And you know what? Thank you for applying. I mean, I mean, really, <laughs> like the, the job requires this. You do not have what is necessary in order to meet these job requirements. Um, I'm sorry. Because I guess I'm trying to because what I heard a moment ago and maybe I didn't listen. But what I heard was you saying, well, he can't control his penis size and basically sound like you should work with him. And because that goes into shame. No, that's not what you said. Not that. OK, no, not that. Um, I think that. Everybody has an idea of what it is that they like and what it is that they want. I think that 
you go with the thing that feels truest for you. I can't tell you what's true for you. I can only tell you on the general term, generally speaking, people like to use the word preferences to hide behind things that are often steeped in white supremacy and Mm anti-blackness. So we like, I have a preference for dark skinned people. I have a preference for light skinned people. I'm looking like if you have a preference for that, which is already aligned with power, then generally speaking, you're also helping to continue the rhetoric around power as it relates to that thing. Like, oh, I, ha- I just have a preference for thin-bodied women. I'm looking like, you don't have a preference for thin-bodied women. You have a society-given idea of who is valuable and who is not, and you have gone along with what society said. That is not a preference. Mm. A preference is what you choose, not what society chose for you. And if we are not going to examine what it is and why it is that we like the things that we like, we are just falling in line. We're not choosing for ourselves. We're still being chosen for. Mm. So what about when people have a preference for dark-skinned men? Like myself, I'm attracted, to, I'm attracted to dark-skinned men. That start, it started getting on shaky ground, right? Because dark skin has often been um, compared to and tied with masculinity. So usually we're also... At the same time that we're saying we have a preference for something else, we're also sometimes even just slightly demonizing something else. Mm. We don't like light-skinned men because they're effeminate. Mm. I'm like, well, who told you that light skin was effeminate? Mm. White supremacy told you that. So do you actually have a, a preference for dark-skinned men or do you have a preference for that which feels more manly to you based off what white supremacy told you, which is often why people tend to prefer people who are well endowed, which is also based off what white supremacy said. What they say, black men got back. Well, we know white Uh white supremacy line. Well, white supremacy line, because they all don't have big dicks. So I'm here to clean, clean that room up right now. (laughs) 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 But I don't mind that being a stereotype. In fact, I said that on my live this morning, we got to march and we got to organize around Keeping that stereotype alive. I think that's a positive stereotype. But this is why you're the therapist and I'm not. This is why I'm the host and you're... You have <laughs> supremely negative repercussions, right? What? Having a big deal? You have... The idea that you do... Oh. Is what white folk and white men in particular use as a reason for killing black men in order to protect white women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then that's true. This idea that they are going to rape your women oh, with yeah. their big fat dicks, with their big black dicks. So they're this uncontrollable sexualized buck that needs to be controlled and put down. Go deep. And then you have all the systems that have been created in order to put black men in jail. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's deep. Oh man, you hit it on. Hold on to the thing. We're also holding on to what comes with it. Mm. I'm like, if we want the thing, we have to continue to recognize the consequences of what, yeah, you like, if you want to eat cake all day, I'm like, well, one day your shit going to come out extra green and your stomach going to hurt. Yeah, so yeah. I'm just like, I mean, you could eat cake all day, but, and it tastes delightful, but it might not feel so good coming out on the other end. So we can like the stereotype around big black dicks and all that other stuff, but what else does it come with? Oh, girl, you saying a word. And so basically I'm learning today that all the work that I do in social justice with attorney crump and all over this country and being a Bernie Sanders racial justice director all of this time, I've like big black dick. I just like saying it over and over because you said it first. Uh, I am <laughs> contributing to the very thing that I'm trying to fight. But I'm sorry, you just got to keep me in prayer. I guess I just need therapy because I like it, Doc. And that's just the bottom line. And I don't know. I guess I'm contributing to the stereotype. I don't know. I need help. This is why See, I honestly, need probably the longer session. I think it's more about like, how do we open it, right? So like just opening it up, having the conversation. It's a good conversation right now is, is, is a part of how we break the sort of the stereotypes. Because one, one thing that I like to remind people that being black is never the burden. White supremacy is always the burden. So the burden is not necessarily on the big black. This is what, what white people and white supremacy does because of their fear of big black dicks. So I'm like, there's nothing wrong with even having a, a love or desire for them. It's not even wrong to have a fan page dedicated to them. It is, what do we do on the other end to make sure that in our love of this thing, that we are helping to protect the people that are endowed? Oh, absolutely. Well, well, in our love for dark skin, how do we protect the dark skin in a world that does not actually like dark skin? Well, I'm on the great I love all these things. No, totally. What are the consequences? What are the white supremacist consequences that come with them? And what are we doing to sort of draw the line in the sand? Absolutely. 
Well, I certainly knew that that was a compare. I knew that those things equated, you know, with sexualizing us as people. Um, I'm on the front line every day in racial justice, so I'm definitely doing my part. But um, I just like the way it feels, Doc. And that's just, you know, that's the bottom line. And I kind of want to stand on that. And I just need more therapy. I do understand. You know, I understand what you said, the difference. I think it's important people to know that. I do got somebody light-skinned, though, that's fine in my, that's real. One of my friends, he fine as hell that's light-skinned. So I'm not anti-light. I just am attracted to, I think dark skin is beautiful. So I just think it looks good. I love the way it looks. It's just gorgeous to me. Ladies, The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides. Loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. I do a live every now and then where I talk about woke sex just as a joke because I say because that's another thing about in this space because I'm in the social justice space a lot of the men are pro they're very woke you know queen and king and I, I joke a lot about how I don't want woke sex because I would be trying to talk about how big it is and you would stop me and say well did you know that the white man is what made you think it's big and if the white man hadn't did this you wouldn't like it I just want to call you daddy. Well, did you know that it was really white supremacy when we was getting whooped and beat that had to this? That This reminds me of like <laughs> what it would be to have woke sex. <laughs> Even though I think this conversation is very important. This is why in, in my space where I'm like, I don't know if you'll find sexual. This is the struggle of revolutionary women. Just let me tell you, because when you're around woke brothers like you, like you extra woke, like. You know, with the big dick aligns with in white supremacy, with oral sex. I mean, you got it down. But when I'm in the bedroom, can I just enjoy sex without all of that? Yes. Okay, I can. Yeah. Okay. Please do. <laughs> Please. Please. I talk to people about spectator and all the time I'm looking like, leave that stuff outside the bedroom door. Please don't bring that in there with you. Like, have the sex that you enjoy. Do what feels good without trying to bring the politics of everything into the bedroom. I mean, so many people talk about whether or not that it means they're gay if they like something up their ass. And I'm just like, leave that shit outside the bedroom door. It doesn't need to follow you in there. Do the things that you enjoy that bring you enjoyment. Now, if it causes you all this mental distress, 
yeah, probably enjoy it and feel a lot of shame around it. And that is when I say you probably need to also come see a sex therapist. Yeah. Do you think I need therapy? Doc? You need to work some of that stuff out. If you don't have no shame about no, it, I have no, no shame. I'm, I, okay. I, in fact, I think we should propose legislation to put people's size on their driver's license. That's how serious it is. To <laughs> I want to know right after rip. <laughs> call the size shame and call it. <laughs> you try to have all the information. I, I need all the information. All of that. One of the girls said, well, I don't have that. I think that you can ask that type of stuff like up front though. I do, yeah, do you? Yeah, because I definitely Same way do. that people ask about everything else. Like, oh, what do you do for a living? Da, 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 like, well, what's the size looking like of your equipment? Right. I'm trying to see if your size and my and my needs are compatible with one another. I think that you are allowed to do the thing that feels good, right, and sane for you. And in making a boundary known to other people, they are able to say whether or not they even want to continue. Absolutely. Whether or not they have the equipment, they get to make a decision for themselves about whether or not they would like to interact further with you based off what it is that you already put out there. Like this are, this is what I need. This are my requirements. This is what I value. If you don't meet this, please do not come my way and certainly don't spend your time trying to shame me about it. You go about your way. I go about my way. If more people learn to mind their business, we would all be happy. Yeah, and there's some men who are well endowed and may not like that direct approach. It may turn them off. My direct approach is hard a lot for men. You know, just being straight up, they may say, you know what, I'm not interested in that. And he could be down to the floor. But it just the the being so frank and upfront makes some men nervous. It it affects how they perform. And we could have a whole conversation about that. A- anxiety, all of this. So I get it. I truly, truly get it. And I just want for clarity for those who are listening, because I know it's gonna be somebody say, Oh no, you like you said, try and tell me what I like. I think women have different stages in life. I think you have stages where you want to be married. You have stages where you just want to date. You have stages where, hey, I don't have the time to manage a relationship. I know what it means to manage a relationship. May not be in that life to manage a relationship. You just may want a companion that you hang out with, that you get sexual pleasure with, that you laugh, that you talk, you know, you get along. You know, I'm not saying just anybody in your bedroom. I don't think you should open yourself up. Well, I'm going to say me because people can do what they want to do. Open myself up to just anybody. But I do think there are different stages. When I got married, that wasn't the primary thing. But I do know there are a lot of women who are married and miserable in the bedroom and they cheat and they do all types of other things because this guy may... Same thing for women. I mean, men too. They just may not be sexually satisfied. And I just think sex is a big component of any kind of relationship for me, but maybe not for everybody. I think everybody has their needs. Income may be for some. It's not necessarily for me. You can't not work, you know, be lazy. but Due to where we are with the racial gap income, income, I date black men. Um, I don't know if that's is that is that wrong? Like when we say I got a preference for black men? Me personally, I don't think so. You don't? Well, how's that different? Well, is that is that shaming not dating Hispanics or saying Hispanics are bad? Is that white supremacy? Is that kind of going in? It is it's actually nature. Nature says that you're more likely to date people that actually look like you. Like, and this is just, this is by, this is on the basic levels, right? It is actually an anomaly to date people who don't look like you. So people who only date outside their race, I'm looking like you are the anomaly. Mm. You are, you are literally going against in some way, shape or form against the laws of nature. I'm looking like, like, have you ever noticed how sometimes people look like their partners? Mm Mm-hmm. Because they chose partners that kind of look like them already. Mm -hmm. Because it is in your nature to pick something that feels and looks familiar. So when you're purposefully going after that opposite of that, we all stare. And we stare because it looks odd when it happens. Now, I I believe in, um, or I have been a person that has believed in like equal opportunity dating. I'm looking like nobody can look at my past and say that I have ever just chosen tall, scat, fat, skinny, whatever. You you would see them and be like, oh, you was like all over the place. I was like, yes. I'm into uh, people who titillate my mind. Um, I'm definitely a sapiosexual in that way. I'm just like, I'm all about, I'm like, ooh, well, well, aren't you? <laughs> all of a sudden you look real cute <laughs> to me. You're like real attractive to me. Um, I like people with their own talent and with their own passions. These things I find to be attractive so for me i'm just like 
maybe none of them looked the same. Most of them were black mm-hmm. or black identified. They identified themselves as black. Some of them, I was like, okay. I look like we all identify however we want to identify. That's great. But um, in the end for me, um, I think that there's a valuing sometimes of um, so-called black love except that people feel like they can have it with people who are not black. And to me, I, I question that. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, how did you have yeah. your black love with your non-black partner? Right. Like, explain that right. to Especially me. Especially when it's over but, and oh, And then when they say, oh, you know, I just happened to meet. Now, I don't buy that. I don't buy this. Oh, I just, ha- no, I feel you have to be. We don't fall in love. Right. You, some, you make that shit sound like it was an accident. Right. You, it's not It's something that you had to be attracted to, to even open the door to have that conversation. Now, whatever that reasoning is, like you said, if I like dark-skinned men, if I'm more attracted to dark-skinned men, like you said, I may be given into white supremacy. It may be because I see darker men as more masculine. Whatever it is, that can still be true at the same time of me liking, you know, dark-skinned men. Yeah, and I think there men, can be so many different reasons. Right. But when you intentionally go after women who are non-black over and over and over, and you intentionally avoid black women, and you say, oh, well, I just say that's just who I happen. I don't buy that shit. There's something that attracted you to that woman that is non-black that you find more attractive, more desirable. Or like when Nick Cannon said, it's a trophy when you date white women. It, it shows that you can attain what they can attain. And it's so amazing because he got no smoke for that. But when black women date white men, it's, true. it's an amazing... Just- yeah. It, I mean, people go crazy like, when look, black women... Didn't Kanye say it? Right. <laughs> Like Kanye said it, when he get on, he leave your ass for a white girl. But th- that's not... And, Con- and he did it too, that, that shit is new. It's not new. It's old. People, men, like, specifically in heterosexual relationships, men have been trading wealth for beauty forever. That is what they do. You marry someone with wealth to someone who has beauty, but beauty is still decided by dominant culture which means that beauty has often meant in the black community, light skin, long, loose hair, light eyes, and generally a thinner figure. Thinner, not thin. Um, Cause in the black community, you know, everybody knows that the jump is different. It's, it's booties and breasts and small waist. It's thick thighs, saves lives and all that. But even that is to an extent, to the extent where they can say that you are thick and not fat you're thick over fat it's it's you know anti-fatness sort of language and we don't even recognize anti-fatness as anti-blackness the way that we should because it is all that was all invented of the fact that they wanted to separate white thick thick women from black thick women they wanted to be able to say that one was inferior and that one was superior and so eventually they just said that white women should be thin and that black women are look at how slovenly or whatever, whatever Lazy, they are. And stuff. let's mm-hmm. exactly. And use that as a separator instead of us seeing bodies as heirlooms, which is something that a good friend of mine, Sonali Rashaquar constantly says, your body is an heirloom. Your body probably looks like your foremothers before you, your forefathers before you, your body looks like your family's body. And your weight is not an indication of any type of health, though we continue to spout that BS that we already know to be false, that the medical community knows to be false, but the medical community continues to use. Oh, wow. So I'm looking like, ah, that's neither here nor there. The, but for me, it's, it's just like, all, number one, all of the stuff connects. None of it is actually separate. And number two, it's in order to really make a choice for ourselves, sometimes you have to know the history. And you also have to be able to put down the history. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you talked about like woke sex, I'm like, ain't nobody trying to have that. I just <laughs> want to do the things that feel good on my body. Yeah. Like whatever those things are. The problem is when we bring the politics into the bedroom and we didn't bring the pleasure there too. Like so many of us are so in our head about what our roles are supposed to be that we forget to be in our bodies. So, I mean, you, you said earlier something about like the separation of sex and politics. I'm like, they're never, they've never been separated. Mm -hmm. If, as long as the black body continues to be politicized, as long as women's bodies continue to be politicized, 
so too is the sex that happens with those bodies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I absolutely said that they were together. I was saying that's why I wrote a yeah. whole book about it. No, yeah. For like yeah. those people who believe yeah. that it should they, be separate, Exactly. They think it should be. Yeah. They live. They, they, they live in the same bed all day, every day, because it's all about how they continue to police certain bodies. I'm like, when we talk about racism, I mean, it, it just amazes me the way that we, I feel like the conversation about it has not evolved in the way that I think it should have. Mm-hmm. Like when I tell people that I, I talk about colorism and texturism, you know, they're like, well, but well, the black community does that to themselves. I'm like, no, sweetheart. Racism also does that. I'm like, how do you enact racism if not by how people look? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, how else do you do it? Do, are you, are you going to sit there and ask for their ancestry? Like, can I get you 23 and me? No, you're going to look at them. And based off what they look like, you are going to determine how they should be treated. The problem is that we don't think about the American dream and what we have all been taught to aspire to, right? The white picket fence, the the man and the woman together with their 2.5 kids and a golden retriever. We don't think about that picture and how it relates back to our very sex lives Mm -hmm. and who in the partners that we pick. And the money that we try to make and how we try to live our lives according to getting that goal to whatever that goal may be. So I'm like, most of us are not having the sex that we want to have. We have the sex that we think we should be having Mm -hmm. in order to meet the goal. Most of us are not picking the partners that we actually desire, that we actually find attractive and that actually titillate us because we're worried about what other people are going to think if we chose that person Mm -hmm. as a partner. A lot of people are picking partners to make a political message. Men who finally get money choose these young, pretty young things, right, to be their partners because they want the trophy on their arm to say, look, I've made it. And you can tell that I've made it because I dumped my starter wife and got my upgrade Mm -hmm. based off what beauty standards say. So this is power as far as beauty is concerned. And I have power with money and I'm marrying my money power so this beauty power, and I have more power because my money bought this beauty. What happens though when the woman flips the script on, she goes and buy her? Then that, yeah. then now we hear all the rhetoric about yeah. what kind of woman she is and how she don't have no scruples and no, she got no morals and she's not a woman worth being with or a woman worth marrying. We hear all kinds of things about those type of women all day, every day. Mm-hmm. How many people have so much to say about Cardi B? Mm-hmm. How many people continue to have as much to say about Megan B. Stout? Mm-hmm. How many people continue to talk mess even about Tracy Ellis Ross, even though most people say that she stands on the side of being, you know, desirable or or um, good enough in certain spaces, but because she continues to be unwed, they they now look at her with a certain level of side eye. And she does talk about not being married a lot. And people are just like, well, that's all she ever seems to talk about. And I'm just like, because you continue to value women who are married only. You continue to tell women that they will find their value in a husband, not even if they have a wife. Mm-hmm. They might find some value if they have a female partner they if they are partnered period they may find some value but the ultimate value comes from a heterosexual marriage you tell us this and she needs to have the opposite message she needs to continue to tell us that you don't have to be married to have value that's right that's right it's called peace of mind girl ladies The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides. Loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, And every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. 
Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. I know we got to wrap up. There's two other questions I did want to ask you. What I, this can go on and on because I definitely want to talk about that, about value and people feeling like they got to be married and all of that. Girl, I got the best ex-husband in the world. I tell people all the time, my ex-husband is better than most people's everyday husband. I mean, we have such a wonderful relationship. He's there for me. I'm there for him. If something happened to me, he's going to clean my drawers. I'm going to clean his. You know, we just have a really respectful, peaceful relationship. And my daughter benefits from that. But we can talk about that another time because even in my marriage, being stuck because of what I was told I had to do and because the Bible said it and there can be no separating no matter what. This is this duty conversation that's out here now, which I know you got some thoughts on that. But quick question. What do you think? Oh, yes, I do. I know you do. <laughs> What's that question? <laughs> what, what do you think about Jasmine Sullivan's? As you were talking, I was just thinking about her whole album, Hose Tales, because you sound like one of the oh, people. I love that album. Yeah, you sound like one of the people that should be before breaking down, you know, put it on them. Because, you know, she also subscribes to It Must Be The D. I'm sure you're familiar with, with Put It On Them. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I, know that song. I love that whole And album. Put It On Them. That whole album. So do, do you think that's an empowerment song? Is, is that is that what we should be? Is, is that kind of summing up how you should feel about sexuality and the power you should have in it just to kind of give women something with that or, or is it just a dope album and it's really not where you are with things honestly I, it's a it is a very dope album um i'm also a person that i found that there was a beautifully a beautiful mix of contradictory messages within that album which i also like because people don't tend to be just one way or the other we tend to have a lot of contradictions and i felt like that album had a whole lot of contradictions it's like oh i'm saying because of the d i'm just like don't be dismatized don't be dismatized and then at the same time it's just like you know like this message of but i like it i want it this is how i like it this is how i want it and i am I'm in the, I stand in the space of what actually feels good and pleasurable for you and what feels good, not just in your body, but also where do your mind and your spirit align with what feels good in your body? Because sometimes things feel good in our body, but we have so many feelings about them that we can't even enjoy them to the full, to its full extent. And I'm like, does that stuff need to be worked out? Is it, Or is something that you're doing with your body out of alignment with what you feel like you would like to be doing with your body? In other words, you could enjoy the so, sex so much better if it's aligned with your spirit and your mind. And the well endowment is a compliment to other things, even if he's just a friend with exactly. benefits. Oh, yeah, I get you. You don't just sleep with anybody. Exactly. Just, I mean, even if you're a big guy and, and you're not, we don't vibe and our spirit don't vibe and we're not, it's not happening. So just to make that clear, Doc, it's not just... Hey, you got a big one. Come lay down. I'm not that. <laughs> I'm not that no. far gone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody no, listening. You over there judging me with your pencil and writing and looking down. You got your little nose. Like, you like, but oh, she all the way yeah. fucked up. We need a whole session. She go. <laughs> 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 and, and one last. <laughs> no, I think that honestly, that's a result of living in this world where people make it seem like a person can't you know, like chew gum and walk yeah, at yeah. the same time where we think that if someone said then this, then that means nothing else matters. And I'm just like, but well, where did you hear that? Yeah. 
I didn't hear that. Did you? Oh no, it was me self judging me. Oh. Yeah, really. So I'm I... like, yes, I love music, <laughs> and I cannot lie. And I also like this, 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 yep. this, this, yep. this, and this. And these things have to come together in order for me to want to be with you. So for me, I'm just like, what I heard is I like big dicks and right. You got it right. So I hear the and, whereas some people hear I hear I like big dicks. Period. Right. And then it's like anybody with a big dick will do. And I'm just like, you know what? I think that we do ourselves a disservice when we stop someone's sentence where it did not end. Mm. Most people do not stop their sentences there. Most people are and, or, and, but after. Mm. And if we allow people enough space, they will tell us they're and, but, or, or, but we don't give people a lot of space. Instead, we want, we like to box people in. We don't like to hear them, especially when they're black women, especially when they're talking about the things that they like and the things that bring them pleasure. Anything that feels like it is going to diminish the power that you have to reign over them. We want to shame them for it, but we don't want to hear that. We don't. We're not interested in the rest of the Girl, you need a podcast. You need this sexual mental health. I'm serious. Well, somebody got to be zoned in on this sex because the way you at the way you put it together, I had no idea. Just reading your bios, I had no idea that you would weave this together so beautifully. And and just as a, a disclaimer, I have a lot of fun with these conversations. I think they're really fun. I do get what you're saying, sister. I get it. I hear what you're saying. I hear how we, you know, we have to love each other and bring value to the table. Shout out to everybody who's five inches or smaller. I do still love you, even though you're five or six, seven inches. But I do love all our brothers and I fight for you on the front line, even if you're three inches. You still have value. It still matters. It's about the soul. One more last question. Can you have a book about hair grease and hair and, you know, the importance of, is it called, what's the name of it? Cocoa Butter and Hair Cocoa grease. Butter and Hair Love Journey Through Hair and Skin. Yes. And clearly I have weave and clearly I'm looking at your beautiful fro, beautiful woman, which is fine. We can get into that conversation another time. But I do want to ask this quick question. What do you think about, do you notice that white men that date black women all seem to date, and not all, Dark but mostly is... Dark-skinned black women with froze and and bra- is that just me, or is that some what what is that? Well, I just feel like what like, is going is, on? Are they living out some type of like what do you think that is psychology? Just since we have you here, what do you think that is? I think that it's multiple things, and I think that one of them is if they're going to date a black woman and they want an obviously black woman, they don't want no questions about what that black woman is. Um, it wasn't always and, like that though for a while. Would you no. agree? It used to be the tall Barbie, black look, the the white looking black girl, always brown skin or darker though. But they would have the you know the European features, tall, slim. But now it went all the way like to another level. So so go ahead with that. Yeah, they did. De- they definitely done went to another level. Honestly, I can't even begin to figure out like what happened there on, on white man end that this, uh, these are the women that they have decided that they're choosing. Um, but one thing that I won't do is give them any praise for it either. Um, we have the problems that we have because of white supremacy and white men. And I think that oftentimes we like to let them off the hook because they like something a little bit different. And I'm like, but these women are still oftentimes treated as, the, as a white man's poor by white people when they enter these spaces, as well as by black folk who see them with them with these white folk. So um, I'm just like, yeah, it is all great and good to date a black woman, but how are you protecting her from your racist ass family? Or are you using her as an example? Or are you using her as a way to make your mama mad or make your auntie mad or whatever it is that you're doing? I'm like, like what is her purpose in being there? Is it just love or is it that you're trying to prove a point and usually the point is, but I'm not racist, so look at my beautiful black wife. Mm-mm-mm. Ooh, girl, I would love to have you back because, sister, I, I definitely would love to have you back whenever you got time because I definitely want to talk about black women now and why they're transitioning over and saying, you know, hey, black men don't, they didn't love me. They didn't They didn't find me attractive. So now with black men, I talk about this all the time, these broken pieces, you know, like black men that date white women, I can see why sometimes that fits because they're so broken in so many areas. And maybe the white woman, you know, doesn't challenge him or much. Or maybe he doesn't feel as competitive or much. And black women, I can see how those broken, it doesn't work for me, but I can see how those broke, the brokenness in black women, where maybe they feel white men is giving them something that they're not getting at home because unfortunately. And then they end up all on yeah, my couch. And more, 
talking about how they don't really feel seen by whomever, whatever, and how now that they've come to love their own blackness, that they're wondering how the hell they got in this relationship that they got into the first place. So, I mean, yeah, you know, it all comes full circle. Ooh, girl, you said a word. That's I'm like, no tea, no say, no lemonade. I'm just saying what I see. <laughs> oh, girl, you need a show. I'm serious. You need a podcast, honey. You can get into that just because the negative that you hear out there is just all their bed winches and all their sellouts and all that. You're breaking it down in a way that is palatable, you know, that people can really, okay, it's making sense where it's not necessarily. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there, but I think that we like to see it as just black or white. I'm looking like the whole thing is just shades of gray because some of it is some this these black folk hurt me. Um, I remember things that my black mama or my black daddy used to say about my black ass. Mm. And I it was reinforced by black people in school growing up. And so I no longer date black. I don't date in the black community because I don't like that. It did not feel good. And even if I'm the magical Negro over there and I have to be the exceptional singular black Negro, at least I'm special. Mm. At least someone sees me as worthy and valuable to be in the space. So I can see how people would even get to that space. Um, I don't think there's anything fun, cute, or desirable about being the singular, only Black anything in a space of whiteness. But I can see how people could see that given what we are given when we are growing. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, girl, you said a word. Tell us about your book and anything else we need to know before we get out of here. Any upcoming speaking engagement? Me and Marcy can go on forever listening to this because you are the truth. <laughs> Tell us about the book, a uh, little bit about the book and where they can find you and all that good stuff. Um, Cocoa Butter and Hair Grease is a workbook specifically designed for Black women to sort of let go of all of the things that we have taught to hate, especially about our skin tones and our hair texture. It's about really getting into that journey of self-love. I will be starting the next group with the first cohort already finished. We don't have our goodbye tears and all that other stuff, but the next group is not starting until after I get married. So oh, it's not starting until October. Thank you. Yeah. Um, that person is very special. That person, very, very special. Um, though, I didn't think that was going to happen. I was actually content to be alone. And then I wasn't alone. And I was like, oh, I had to mourn that. And I'm still, in a lot of ways, I still mourn that. Um, what could I have been as just as just Donna? Um, I don't think that people talk about that piece, that mourning piece of, of in those transitions. I think yeah. that we are just taught to just want the thing and that we don't need to feel badly about anything else. Oh, especially being um, single. Because remember, we're never supposed to love being mm -hmm. single. So We're not supposed to love yeah. being single. <laughs> and I'm just like, but I did. I showed uh, <laughs> <laughs> And um, I can be found on Instagram um, at Donna Oriolo or at Anod Wright. That's where I do the most talking about sex and sexuality. So Anod Wright, that's my first name backwards. A-N-N-O-D-R-I-G-H-T. If you're looking for a therapist, Donna Oriolo is full. So don't come looking for me. But I do have a great team and we work very collaboratively. So anodbright.com. We only serve Maryland, D.C. and Virginia. If you are not in the D, the M or the V, we cannot see oh, you. Oh, you don't do virtual? That's the law. We do virtual, but um, the way that licenses oh, work, okay. you have to be licensed where the client oh, resides. Okay. I'm only licensed in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, so I only see D.C., Maryland, and Virginia residents. Um, but I'm looking like you can still get this free work because that free work is all over the Instagram. So I'm just like, come on, come on through the Instagram. And I'm going to be doing a curls talk soon, Conversations Understanding Relationships, Love, and Sex. Um, and we're going to do a healthy relationship series. Um, I asked the people on my Instagram, and they was like, yeah, they would want that. So I'm going to do that. Yeah, well, bless you for all giving all this free game. <laughs> Bless you. We need it. You know, with the these YouTubers out here, these guys, you know, that are taking off with all of these messages that we know are manipulative and designed to make women feel they have to put up with whatever because ultimately they're going to die alone when technically unless you plan on committing a murder-suicide, you are going to die alone. Unless, just like you came into the world alone, then technically... Even if you do a murder-suicide, you're probably still going to die right. alone because you usually don't die at, at the exact same time. time. Right. Right. So right. And on top of that, Black men, because of, we just, just talking about facts, 
they die a lot younger than me, you know? So if everything goes according to the facts, my grandmother just turned 90. She was married for 50 years. Her husband's been gone over a decade. So ultimately she's still alone. So I tell people, instead of worrying about dying alone, how about worry about living in peace and being happy and having pleasure and joy and respect and all of that. And then on top of that, worry about where you're going when you die, where your soul going. That's what I want to know. So that's my thing on worrying about that. But you are needed, sis. I enjoyed this. And I'm not bullshitting. Yeah. I really enjoyed this. Marcy enjoyed it. I could look at her face. She was snapping the whole time. We enjoyed it. You dropped some gems. You got me straight on liking well endowed men. But you also told me I can like well endowed men. And I will be telling them that. And that I have an and and a butt. But I am standing on that, Doc. I'm standing on that. Oh, so that- <laughs> I'm just teasing. Really, I'm not teasing, y'all. But, um... Thank you for joining us today. This was a great conversation. Thank you for having you got, me. You gave me a chance to be intellectual and sexual all at the same time because I love it. I just think sex is wonderful. It is wonderful, especially when you get into your 40s, honey. It is the best ever. It goes to a different level, honey, when you get older. But I thank you so much, Donna, for joining us. Make sure that you check her out on all of her social medias. We're going to be asking her to get a podcast soon. Definitely come back here soon. Whatever I can do, send me your information on Instagram, honey. Let me tweet it out. We need you in the spaces, please. YouTube channel. I think you could really blow up. I really do. I really, really do. Women are craving. Are they needed? You got so many men out here blowing up with these messages that you know, you know, are, are, are not good. For, and the women are literally craving it. When I go live to talk about this stuff, these women come, tell them, tell them, please. please. I mean, they want it so, so, so bad. It is a need for your expertise. And I'm telling you, women have nothing out there, literally. I'm not saying it's not people doing stuff, but not anything that's pushed heavy, you know, that's well known. They, they just don't have it. So you are needed. Thank you so much for joining us, y'all. Check out us again next week, every week, every Thursday, new episode on Straight Shot No Chaser. This your girl, Tessa Figaro. From now on, I'm going to start talking about sex and politics, and y'all not going to shame me about it. But make sure you go check out on Amazon my short story about sex and politics and money and power. I wrote all of that in the state of Florida before folks start getting caught in hotel rooms with crack and male prostitutes. I've been talking about it because it's always been in our politics. Look at the doctor looking at me like, ooh, she need a session for real. Get this but, uh, <laughs> That's why I'm looking like, let me get this. Right. <laughs> it got incident and everything in there, girl. But uh, they love it. These politicians, something else we can have. You could you could really be a good therapist for these politicians, honey. They some big freaks. But anyway. We will see y'all next time. Thank you for joining us, Straight Shot No Chaser. Peace. If you like what you heard on Straight Shot No Chaser, please subscribe and drop a five-star review and tell a friend. Straight Shot No Chaser is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. I'm Tizzle Figaro, and I'd like to thank our producer, editor, mixer, the one and only Marcy DePina, our mix master, Dwayne Crawford, and our executive producer, Charlemagne the God. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, now streaming only on Hulu. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at High5Casino.com. High Five Casino.